Hey, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverend. Dean, we're going to do it again. We're going to talk some tech bites. Yes, sir. When we run out of other topics to talk about. No, 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 can't no. can't get a no, guest for no. this week. We accumulate information <laughs> over time. I love these episodes. These are some yes. of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Where we get to just talk about like some water cooler stuff. Like, well, and it's appropriate because we went back to the office now, right? That's, that's I mean, we, we are literally back at the water cooler and we need some topics yeah. to talk to people about. That's what and we're yet, doing here. And yet I don't ever go to the water cooler and talk to people about <laughs> But that's just you. That's true. I'm a bit of a misanthrope <laughs> like that. So you're uh, worried about yes, the germs. You're, you're worried about you know. If you're inclined to go have a conversation around a water cooler, yes. we're going to talk about some some stories and topics and yeah, ta- you know. talking points that maybe you can discuss. So that's right. just a quick little overview of some stuff we're getting into. We're going to talk yep. about the most yep. sinful cities in America. <laughs> what? I, I mean, was unaware that we were going to talk about I, that today. Um, number one, shouldn't be hard to figure out, uh-huh. but, but we'll get into a little right. more detail. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to talk about things like technology breakthroughs for the year, yep. Yep. the four-day work week, Ooh. the latest in AI, because we just can't stop talking can't about stop AI. Can't stop talking about AI. You know, uh, we all need to stay abreast of that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if like all this stuff, these conversations we're having about AI, like if they're just going to age really oh, yeah. badly. They're, they're going to age really badly. By the end bad. of the year, we're just going to look back on this stuff and go like, well, we were just <laughs> wrong about everything. <laughs> I don't even know what we need till the end of the year. It could be like That's in two, a good three point. months. It, it could be by yeah. the summer, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about remote work, U.S. migration patterns, yes. and digital piracy. We have yes. a, a jam packed episode. That and it's like some tech connecting and stuff like that well, in of there. Of course, yeah. yeah. The usual tech connecting. We'll figure out some kind of value to the VAR here, other than just, you know, you should be know what's going on. Oh, in the world, we're going to have so. fun for an hour. That's right. If not longer and really make Marco mad. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, we're just <laughs> unchained here. Like, just, you know, it's just me and Dean unleashed. Unchained. Just <laughs> That's right. Tech Connect podcast. Yeah, unchained. There yes, we go. Yeah. There you go. I like it. Uh, yeah. So all the usual stuff. Let's 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 just get to it. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean, let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's talk go, about stuff. Let's kick it off and get started with our first yes. topic here. So, yes, the most sinful cities in America. I have not looked at you this know, article. You and I, don't I know are anything. always big fans of like these weird lists of yes. most this top. And I, want, I need to know the methodology. Uh, uh, okay, course, you got it. Of course, got I got, got the it. methodology for right. here. That's the first. Th- that was the most important <laughs> thing for me, too. As soon as I pull this up, I'm like, all right, where's the methodology? What is the sin so that we're doing that. here? So, this is a Wallet Hub article. Yep. To, in order to determine the most sinful cities in America, WalletHub compared 182 cities, mm-hmm. including the 150 most populated U.S. cities, okay, fair enough. plus at least two of the most populated cities in each state, mm, across okay. seven key dimensions. And essentially, these are the seven deadly sins. <laughs> Number one, anger and hatred, oh. jealousy, okay. excesses and vices, greed, lust, vanity, and laziness. Wow. These are your seven parameters. There it you is, go. It's the seven sins, essentially. Okay. Uh, so... They basically scored these from a score of, of one to one hundred for each city. Give me those <clears throat> one more time. I mean, I got I got the All right. the normal a- a- ones. Anger and hatred. Anger and hatred. Okay. Jealousy. Okay. Excesses and vices. Well, right, right. Living in excess. Right. I got it. Got it. Greed. Yes, of course. Lust. Mm. Van- That's right. Vanity. Vanity. Laziness. Okay. All right. So yeah, Gosh, man, yeah, pretty straightforward here. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. that's that's your that's your uh, methodology it's here. Just, it sounds like this. Five. It's like how sinful am I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll, it's we'll score ourselves when we're done. Here. <laughs> 
So <laughs> it should be absolutely no surprise whatsoever that Las Vegas is number one. Okay, well, that's it, fair. It comes Green. into the composite score of 59.93. It scored very high on uh, greed, anger, and anger, anger and hatred and jealousy, but Lust. especially excess and vices. Yeah, okay, there you go. It's, it's, it's another way. I take that back. I'm, I'm looking at this backwards because I, the, the way they score this is the lower number is the. Um, is, I think, the higher on the list that it is. Whatever. All right. Anyway, so, okay, greed, lust, vanity, laziness. Greed, lust, and vanity in particular. It was yeah, in yeah, the yeah, top yeah. five yes. of all of yes. those categories. Yes. Completely yes. makes sense. It is a city of full, now, filled with now, greed. Now, I, I will contest this a little bit before you go on. Okay. Because Las Vegas, is it the people that live in Las Vegas that are sinful, or is it the um, people that are coming in that, that make is it? A, that's a good question. Because it's got to be the people coming in. Because everybody going in, those top three things yeah, are the reason why they're going that's in. That's a good question. Like, just because you live in Vegas doesn't mean you're Does like... Doesn't mean that greedy. you like, are going to you're hell, not, basically. You're not, <laughs> going, you're not going to the casino every day when you live I mean, there. You're you probably are, working at a casino. You're enabling day. these things, I guess, uh, if you're I working so. in there and enabling that. I didn't mean to throw you a curveball no, there, but you know, it's like, It's a good point. You know, I don't, I'm sure there are good people that live in it's, Vegas. It's you're 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 absolutely right. That's, but all that's people, why you take these kind of surveys with that's a grain right. of salt. Well, all the people visiting are either doing those bad sinful things or they're going to convention. The, the, <laughs> yeah, there you that's go. it. In which they figure out how to do some bad sinful <laughs> things right. along the way. That's right. That's all right, right, let's run through the rest of the the top ten here real quick. Got it. At number two is St. Louis, Missouri. What? Which scored at the top, which was had the top or the highest levels of anger and hatred and excesses and vices. Whoa. Would not that's, have guessed that's that. That's the two that put it near the top. It also is very high on the jealousy scale as well. What? Uh, People are walking around St. Louis jealous and I, angry? I guess. <laughs> Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, Houston, Texas. Interesting. Atlanta, Georgia, mm. which I think was number one for lust and number two for jealousy. <laughs> what? Um, Los, or Los Angeles, California. People probably well, aren't vain. too surprised by that. Yeah. 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 High, on the, the, High on the vanity. Top, top on the vanity. Yep. Second on lust, I think, on that one for yeah. the two. All right. Uh, Denver, Colorado, which didn't have any super high scores. The highest it scores on lust, apparently, I guess. What? So Okay. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, number eight. Mm. Um, which was high on the vanity scale. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of mm-hmm. what set it a little, little over. Number nine, to get a little bit, not in the weeds, but maybe one you might not have thought of or expected, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> okay. which scored very high on anger and hatred, jealousy, and excesses and vices. I could see that, yeah. Okay. And then finally, at number 10, Phoenix, Arizona, which comes what? in high on the vanity scale. Yeah. And otherwise doesn't have right, anything particularly enough. super fair high. Enough, yeah. Um, if you're wondering, locally speaking, yes. Cincinnati, our, our kind of local big city, came we got in no at, sins around number here. 31. Oh, that's a little we higher were, than I would have thought. We were particularly high. We were in the top five on excesses and vices, which... What? Top five? Uh, yeah. I mean, oh. I, I mean, we got some gambling here in the city, yeah, but it's not... But it's, yeah. Excess, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, nothing else really too scored much super high. Everything else was know. fairly mid. I don't, I don't know. We so. do have a lot of breweries, a lot of beer. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio came in at number 11, so they were pretty high, highly <laughs> okay, ranked good. on the list, too. Cleveland um, rocks. Yeah. Skimming here. Louisville, Kentucky was at number 39. Well, so give me the good people. Give me the least Okay, okay. Sinful. So if we go to the bottom of the yeah, list where, here. Yeah, where do I have to live in at, order to be free at, of at sin? number 182 to be the, the least sinful city, Port St. Lucie, Florida. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's, uh, it's probably like some old retirement that. community I, or something. Sure I don't know. Yeah, you got to watch uh, out for those retired people, though. On the lust factor, I don't know. I've heard about uh, the villages good, down in Florida. Point. That's a very good yeah. point. Uh, the rest of the bottom five: Bridgeport, Connecticut, okay. Fremont, California, uh, West Valley City, Utah, hmm. and Cape Coral, Florida. 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, All right. Fair enough. Interesting little list. They do, like most of these servers, they have some breakdowns of like violent crimes per capita, which mm. goes into the anger and hatred part mm-hmm, of it, mm-hmm. um, which Memphis, Tennessee, it was, was tied at the top of that list yeah. with Detroit, St. Louis, Birmingham, and Baltimore. St. Louis number two is really surprising. Yeah, there. I thought so too. Because I've, yeah. I've been to St. Louis. Yeah, like, it's a sleepy Midwest a, town. Yeah, it's, it doesn't yeah. feel like a, like there's a, very different vibe in Vegas than there is in St. Louis. Oh, tell you, 100%. That yeah. Oh, the difference between one and two? Yeah. Night and day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thefts per capita, they break that a little bit too, which Salt Lake City ranked highest on that list. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's yeah. your there's your breakdown of some of the, the – and as always, we always have the links to all of these articles and stuff in our show notes. So yeah. if you want to dig in a little deeper into some of the uh, – the the stats and what went behind and whatever they do even break down like some of the various points like anger and hatred what's included in that it included things like violent crimes per thousand residents aggravated assault offenses mm-hmm. jealousy included theft identity theft and fraud excesses and advices include obesity fast food establishments <laughs> maybe that's why Cincinnati's <laughs> well right, high on yeah. that list yeah. uh, excessive drinking yeah. DUI fatality well, there smokers it is on the, on the share side. of coffee drinkers. Oh, was included in that. Yeah. Uh, marijuana use, opioid use, got a lot of issues yeah. with that in Cincinnati. Oh, so maybe that's probably yes, what absolutely. bumped us up there. Yeah. Of course, greed was pretty ex- explanatory. It was a lot of casino stuff, gambling sure, disorders. Sure, sure. It also it also weighed charitable donations as a share of income. So I guess oh. if you weren't very uh, charitable, yeah. you scored low on that list. Yeah. Um, you can read for yourself with the details of where they got the stuff for lust. <laughs> Vanity was tanning salons, plastic surgery, Google searches. Uh, laziness is about not exercising. Week weekly hours worked. Volunteer rates. Time spent watching TV. So well, that's good. Good methodology. Yeah. There you go. Um, I probably would score pretty solid on some of this too. Honestly. Yeah, no. so. yeah. We're all going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dean. Simple. What's what's your first tech? Bite? So well, and maybe we got some tech to figure some of this stuff out. Though. Okay. Whenever I see an M- MIT technology review, I'm all in. Right. And so the article that I saw. Uh, and what's you know got me interested here? Ten technologies that matter the most right now, right? Uh, that's what this is all about. So I'm going to rattle them off real quick, and then okay. we'll dive into right. some of these. CRISPR for uh, cholesterol, mm-hmm. AI that makes images. We've we've been there. Yeah. Chip design that changes everything. I'm going to dive into that one. Mass market military drones. That one scared me. Yeah. Maybe we'll touch <laughs> on that so one too. for just a second. Abortion pill via telemedicine. Organs on demand. These are human organs mm-hmm, on demand. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The inevitable I'd like EV. to order up a liver, please. Yes, <laughs> right. The, the inevitable electric vehicle. Yeah, we all know that that's coming. James Webb. We talked about that yep. game-breaking, yep. breathtaking yep. images that are coming from there. Ancient DNA analysis. Trying to go back into our genome sequencing right, and right. see what's going on there. And then battery recycling. Uh, uh, all are in the top of the list. So uh, I'm going to dive into just a couple of them. Okay. CRISPR for high, uh, for high cholesterol. I've I've always been fascinated by this gene editing tool called yeah, yeah. CRISPR and how it's going to start advancing. You know, you heard a couple years ago this is going to be one of those changes that, you know, five, ten years hence, it's going to be like, how did we even live yep. before that? Well, one of the stories that they pulled out is last year a New Zealand woman became the first to receive a gene editing treatment to permanently lower her cholesterol. The woman had heart disease along with inherent risks and stuff like that, but scientists uh, behind the experiment treatment think that it could help uh, pretty much anyone, and right, I would agree right. with that. Uh, as one that has high cholesterol, yep, I'm like, yeah, yep. can I, start can I taking some medication for myself? Can I co- start snipping up my uh, genes so <laughs> <laughs> that we can get this in, in place? So shove that new sequence right in there. <laughs> 
it's okay if you know parts of my forehead start blinking or something like that. You know, I'll take that. As I get to live ten years longer, sure. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that one's fascinating to me. Now they still think it's in the ten to fifteen year, which is a little depressing, you know, because they have timelines of when some of this stuff would be actually effective. I think I'm hoping it's even sooner than that. But I know it's got to go through a lot of trials and stuff like that. But man, I'm telling you, CRISPR is one of those things that anytime I see an article on, I'm like, ooh, yeah. yeah. All right, changing the game of medicine. Changing the game for sure. What something getting a little closer to us is chip design. I was unaware of this. Yeah, I was too. Uh, So it's it's called Risk Five, and it's spelled R I S C dash V, and that is a, a new open standard for chip building. Uh, that is now in in place, and you would think to yourself, okay, well now if there's a new standard, the, the big guys are going to be against this, like the Intel's right, and right. are going to be against it. They're not. There's actually a new consortium that's 3,100 members worldwide, uh, including companies and academic institutions that are collaborating to make this Risk Five international standard, if you will, and it's already uh, in place. Intel's actually put a billion dollars behind the fund wow. uh, to help support this, but the whole game changer here is. That I guess, you know, through its compute, when you open up the architecture, you enable basically crowdsourcing around it, uh, and it, it can speed up things like, you know, um, just from basic, you know, computing like earbuds and trying to get them to connect to your phone and stuff right, like that right. to, to bigger picture stuff. But uh, again, I was un- unaware of this happening, but it's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, the new chip design that's called Risk Five. Yeah. So sound like uh, basically opening up chip design to the masses of sorts, absolutely, you know, like to a lot more people and a lot more companies. Hundred percent, hundred percent, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so the last one I'm going to uh, touch on is this mass market of military drones. You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I get it. You know, w- w- America's got our drones. No, apparently, like Turkey. Turkey has come out with what they call the Bayaktabar TB2. We'll call it the TB2, okay, okay. Uh, which is like a $30,000 drone that, that apparently, you know, anyone in the world can buy. They'll, they'll sell it to anybody. But now you have this drone, thirty grand. You put a couple missiles on it, maybe outfit it with a laser finder, so you got to do some upgrades. But right. for relatively cheap, you've got a drone that you can fly. Yeah, less than a car call can, can potentially cost you. Bingo, yeah. and yeah. it's got a hundred and eighty five you know mile range, so your your operator can be hundred and eighty five miles away and do damage right. using right? right? It's like yeah. one of those things is like, oh yeah. this is not a technology that no. I was hoping. Not for mass production kind of thing. No. 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 Yeah, but apparently we're there and it, we've been there for a little bit but if you look at what's happening in the ukraine right now iran yeah, you know they're yeah. developing military drones at these cheap prices that they don't care who they sell it to type of a thing <clears throat> so that's one of those debbie downers but yeah, uh it's but... one of those it's like oh man didn't think about that yeah. so we're gonna have to up our game i think on jamming and stuff <laughs> like, like uh, I mean, yeah. can you imagine this detection we can't and, detect yeah. a balloon how are we gonna detect a military <laughs> drone flying over you know we need the people in the good people in Montana. Hey, there's something up in the yeah, sky. Yeah, no there. doubt. Yeah, that's how that went down, by the way, which yeah. is just alarming to me. But um, so anyway, those are some technologies that uh, they're keeping an eye okay. on that they're going to have an impact in the near future. Pretty interesting, right? <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. agree. Definitely. Right. There you go. Uh, all right, let's talk a little about the four day work week. Oh, yeah, one so of these ideas wh- I feel wh- like has been kind of bantered around for a long time. You got evidence here? There what's are going other, on there here? are other countries that have kind of implemented it. There are some sometimes companies that well, do it. Why too. not three? Why not two? We'll get into that in a second. Why not none? You know? <laughs> 
just just give me some cash. Yeah. Uh, so, well, apparently Kickstarter had actually implemented it with their company. Um, they're among 200 campaign companies in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and New Zealand that have joined Four Day Week Global, a nonprofit mm. dedicated to helping companies reduce their work weeks down to 32 hours. That's okay. an important distinction there, too, because I think a lot of times we talk about the four-day work week. Mm. Most people say, like, fine, I'd be willing to work 10-hour days in right. order to have my Friday off or Monday off gotcha. or whatever, have a day yeah, of the yeah, week yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about making everyone work longer every day in order to have the extra day off. Got it. But actually having a, a regular work day, a regular mm-hmm. amount of time in your work day, mm-hmm. but actually still, still an eight getting hour day, right? Still getting four. that time off. Yeah. All right. So they so as part of you know this discussion, they they had a talk with this is from a website called EBN, which had a discussion with Terry Van Doyne, who's the director of product management at Kickstarter, basically to kind of get her insight about mm. what it's like working a four day work week, mm. what she deals with, kind okay. of chronicling what a typical week is like for her and she says that she's actually working fewer hours than she was before but the intensity of the days that i work has increased mm. she's still having fridays completely off has been a great trade-off for that mm-hmm. so basically what she kind of talked about is that like when she does her her work days typically monday and tuesday are her busiest days she fills them up with a lot of meetings like granted this is someone also that has a lot of meetings i think she says she crams in like 30 meetings in a week or something which yeah. just sounds yeah, like yeah, an absolute yeah. nightmare to me but <laughs> But she has, that's usually her busy days. And it's also days where she's, her schedule is set up in a way and her flexibility is in a way where she doesn't mm-hmm. mind working later those days. Mm-hmm. And again, also, Kickstarter has not said like you're not allowed to work Fridays. They've simply said, look, we want you to take Fridays off if, if you know, if that's okay gotcha. with you. Gotcha. But you can work Friday if you want to. Like okay. if you feel like you need to keep caught up on your work and you need to do the work, that's fine. Well, okay. But, for sure. But we're, yeah. you know, we're simply saying, well, you, just like you can't, you only then, have to do a Friday. Right, if you work a 40 hour, but you know, you got some, whatever, you got an audit coming up and you got, you're going to, Right, you right. work fifty hours that week or six. Exactly, whatever the work entails, especially if you're a, a salary. But the employee. default there is thirty-two hours working four days. Exactly, got it. So she says she prefers to work into the evenings. That push. She said though that she does prefer to work into the evenings rather than push that work to Friday, mm. even though no one's preventing them from doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as you know, the actual work week too, the way it's structured, she says that on Thursday is kind of like her new Friday. So it's the day mm-hmm. when she feels like she kind of winds down her work, finishes mm-hmm. up some projects, does and do quite as many meetings mm-hmm. and basically, you know, starts preparing for her work for the next week. Mm-hmm. And then she said the important thing that she learned here too was to not treat Friday like just another weekend day. Mm. Like it's not just another day off to just <laughs> goof around or right, do whatever. Right, right, right. But a day where she like capitalizes on the idea of like, hey, I've got time off to do things that I need to do on a day when other people aren't necessarily doing that. So she makes a point out of running errands mm, and out of gotcha. doing the Going kind of the store. Yeah, for, yep. stuff that is a little harder Making to do on a weekend because yep. a lot of other people are doing it right. and maybe focusing on doing that stuff on Friday and yeah. then potentially giving herself more time on the weekend. And I think that kind of fits nicely with where a lot of us are with remote work anyway, which is having a little more of that flexibility in your day to do some stuff mm-hmm. maybe locally that you couldn't do when you had to travel to work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know, whether it's picking up groceries on your lunch break or sure. getting an appointment done first thing in the morning, yeah. you know, yeah. locally that you couldn't do when you had to go to work otherwise. So to me, it's kind of like just a an extension of what people are doing with remote work, except condensing it into this four-day work week instead. So what, what do you think about this? Do you think this is something that works? Like I said, nope. I usually... I feel I'm, like not when we, bo- I'm not sold when yet. When we talk about this, it's usually more of the... I work 10 hour, four, four, 10 hour days. Oh, right. Because I have to get yeah. my 40 hours yeah, yeah, still. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm also curious, and they really don't get into this too. Like, does this, what does this mean from a pay perspective? Like, are companies I, right? paying less because yeah. you're working less, or is pay know. staying the same? I, I, don't I don't know. know. Well, so what's conflating to me is, okay, so the first question in my mind is, where does this end? So, so you're jamming a 32 hour work week into four days. Got it. 
um, you know, where do, where does that compression stop? You know, or is it acceptable that, you know, like <laughs> maybe in the future we're only working one day and everything that you just described, like, oh, my mornings are really busy, right? right I'm right. getting all my stuff done, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the day, I wind down and now I've got six days off. I mean, right. is that, you right. know, so where, where does where does that end and what does that mean as far as, you know, your life cycle and working and, and, and getting meaningful out of your job and stuff right, like right. that. So where does so I'm questioning in my mind where does the compression end? Does yeah. it, does it stop at a four day work week? Why would it stop there? Why not a three day work week? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, the business has to decide what what is useful well, well, for their business. Well, yeah, you I mean, know? you'd have to you'd have to I don't know what the right word is make elastic the economy to accommodate that. But because if you need four workers now, if I go down to a one, I know I'm being an extreme one to like a one day work week, you'd need four workers to do the same amount of work as the one, right? In theory, to yeah, get the, yeah, the hours yeah. done. So I don't know. I'm mean, I'm just curious about where that compression stops because. I think that everybody, you know, what we learned in the pandemic and what this is illustrating to me is that in a 40-hour work week, okay, maybe there's only 30 hours worth of work, right? But she's admitting she's compressing all that into four days, right, you know, right. whereas maybe there was a little bit of fluff time in everyone's given day, work day, like around the lunch hour or something like whatever it might be. But all that's getting compressed now right. so that it's a, like a high quality or high velocity, I don't know, for lack of a better word, that you're working during those four days. And then, yeah, I get the benefit of that, you know, that fifth day being off. Yeah. yeah. And then she's benefiting by the fact that they get to do all the things that we can't do. Then yeah. we're working five days a week. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah. I, you know, those are the things that are like mixed in my mind. Around yeah. I, this is one of those things that I, I, I do feel like a lot of employers just will never, ever get on board with. But right. then again, we also said the same thing about remote work up until a few well, years ago. But it's ago. a societal, it's to me, it's more of a societal question. What would right. people do yeah. with three, four, five days off? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, what are you doing now? Are we spending more time volunteering? Are we, right, spend, right. you know, you got to idle hands or, you know, you just don't want people just sitting around. Yeah. That like, was I think about, right? I, I think it's true. <laughs> and I think about stuff like, okay, for instance, for me, like when I work a regular five day work week, the weekend there's always like half of one of my weekend days that's consumed with getting the house clean. And that's right. Up. To do your cleaning up. Yep. Doing laundry. That's right. Uh, yeah. If I got to do lawn, lawn work, yard yep. work, run errands or yep. whatever, you're typically consuming half or maybe even an entire one of your weekend days sure. doing that. Doing that. I do like the idea of being able to say, Hey, you know what? Rather than essentially having to do the work that life involves, which, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and devoting an entire one of your weekend days to that, which mm -hmm. means you essentially only then end up with one to one and a half day of actual leisure time. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of being able to say, like, hey, I now have another day yeah. where I can take care of that stuff. Now, granted, right. that's going to depend on the person, whether they make 100%. the most out of that, obviously. 100%. But it's like it's no different than, you know, whether you make the most out of your weekend, too, or what you do with I, that yeah, as, as well. Yeah. Or, for that matter, your actual work week, too. Because, again, you can give some people all the time in the world to get their work done, and somehow they cannot do it. <laughs> Can't do it. In, yeah. you know, eight hours a day, right. nine, ten hours a day, that's four right. or five days a week, they still somehow can't do it. That's right. It's good to vary per person, I think. Yeah. I don't know. To me, this just kind of just feeds into the overall conversation we're having about flexibility and about putting more back to the worker to kind of figure mm -hmm. out what the work-life mm -hmm. balance is mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of it has to do with breaking sometimes out of this idea. And it's why to me reading this and seeing that it was a 32-hour week she was working kind of made me stop for a second and go, well, that's weird. That's weird. Because again, we've we've ingrained ourselves in this idea that 
a work week has to be 40 hours. Damn it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if I mean, you're is, not is working 40 hours, change? you're lazy. If, yeah. you're, if yeah. you're working more than that, well, you're either extra productive or you're yeah. working too hard or yeah. something and like you're that. And you're making the rest of us look bad. Yeah, it's some just it's it's a very <laughs> arbitrary number we've somehow created to decide well, that is that, it? I mean, I don't know. The it's right amount around, of work has yeah. to be done within yeah, yeah, 40 yeah. hours. Whereas well, it's all around the 7-day work week, right? And having the Sabbath on Sunday and then well, some yeah, Saturday of course. Then, and then what are you going to do the rest of the week? Again, something days? we came up with potentially, you know, decades, yeah. even 100 plus well, years ago. Well, we were ago. farmers 400 years ago. I mean, we're we're working every day. There is yeah, no such course, thing yeah. as a 40-hour work. Well, that's my point. Is like the idea that like look, you know, this whole like work-life balance thing mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, I think the employers that are going to succeed sometimes and do well sometimes are the ones who don't necessarily say like look we're not putting a confined restraint on exactly when you have to be doing something it's a matter of are you getting the job done we've asked of you mm-hmm. if your job is x and mm-hmm. you can do all of x that we ask you to do in any given week mm-hmm. in four days mm-hmm. what do i care Versus rather somebody that's somebody that needs the five well, days. I don't know. Some employers will say, oh, okay, you're doing X, and then we're going to do X plus. I know. That's just <laughs> it. That's the problem. That's the problem you run into. Or because X minus. Because, because the employer looks at it and goes done. like, yeah. well, if you're doing everything I asked of you to do that's in right. four days, that's right. then I expect you to do that's right. you know, f- you know, 20% more we're not by doing the, the extra day. That's we're, right. not. we're not. You're we're just, not. It's, yeah, but it's an endless loop I think you get into <laughs> Of the expectation what, of the employer versus the employee. And, see what we've built. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. if you need someone to try out the four-day work week, I'm oh, happy to Are you volunteer. in? Okay, yeah, you're I'll, in. I'll, right, I'll be happy right, to volunteer. Right. That. So we keep talking about AI, right? Just yes. to shift gears a little bit here. And so I came across a couple discussion topics on AI that I thought were, were kind of fascinating. Yeah, First yeah. off, uh, they asked a bunch of workers, you know, what tasks should AI take over right so we, we i mean we talk about ai taking over right, the world right like, am i even going to have a job tomorrow right. i don't know because ai could do marketing and and whatever and stuff like that so uh, according to workers ai would be best served number one thing data processing mm-hmm. and that makes sense right yeah it so does. that's good automating digital tasks i'm i'm down with that information discovery. Now that one was an interesting one for me. I really wasn't thinking about that. I guess what they're what they're saying here, what workers are saying is use AI to develop intelligence or business intelligence or information. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they were looking for out of there. Mistake reduction is number 4. Uh, which which makes a lot of sense. You know, how can we use AI to make things more efficient operationally and stuff like that to mitigate mistakes? Right. We we've had that on the program where there's, you know, uh, machine vision that can improve the safety of a facility, right? Because they can determine, hey, no hard hats on here, or whatever it may right, be. Right. So using AI for that, really uh, good stuff. And then all the way down at the bottom of the list, though, here is problem solving, which I actually thought would be kind of towards the top of the list. Like, what are we using the AI to do? Right. Solve problems. Right, right. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe there's I guess a disconnect. I guess it depends on how you define what problem solving yeah. is. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So any takes from you on that short list before no, I go to the I, other I one? I thought this all seemed pretty pretty standard. You yeah, know? And, yeah. I, and I appreciate that folks were looking at this about, like, look, you know, it's not about replacing workers on That's right. the basic day-to-day tasks that they do. You know, mm-hmm. I know we've, again, we've had a lot of talk about this. We're going to be talking about it more. I've referenced a few times. We have Jody Costa coming on in a couple of weeks to, yep. Yep. to talk about 
um, you know, marketing and where that fits in the whole AI picture, because that's one of the one of the areas where people are like, well, we can get rid of you. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so this this was I, I thought this was actually a good list to me, like everything on this, like, yes, this makes sense that this is the kind of stuff that it makes sense to be able to figure out some way to automate and use computers to elevate our work in yep, some way. Yep. 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 All right. So the next one is, you know, I have to go here. So now <laughs> you're talking AI research. So AI research is important. And, and so uh, this company quantified the fact that, you know, who's do what countries out there are doing artificial intelligence research, because right. their argument is research leads to um, solutions is one way to look at it or whatever outputs of software and, and things of that nature. So right. of course, when you look at it back in 2000, you know, the U S was the most dominant, uh, person or entity country that was developing AI research. Uh, 2010, you started to see a leveling of the playing field. And then when you looked back last year, in fact, the U S is still dominant with 150 research, um, p- papers, if you will, or, uh, materials uh, created, but China is right behind us at 138. So mm-hmm. the whole thing here is China's race towards AI research dominance, and what is that going to mean for the future, right? So they're investing, and it's just a, a more clarification that they're pouring dollars into AI right. uh, and its capabilities, and so we need to be aware of that, right? And so there you have it. Uh, it's it's kind of written in stone, if yeah. you will, that yeah. they're doing a lot of research around yep. it. So interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. It was two good two good articles to, to dig into there. Yeah. It just quantifies my personal fears. Hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the whole anything anything we can do, they can try right. to do better. They, yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're gonna do better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So back to the workers. All right, let's talk about the workers again. Let's talk about remote work in particular again mm-hmm. here. Um, so it, it was an interesting article I came across. Um, basically, it was a kind of a LinkedIn prompt that you know linked to a few different articles about um, remote work and and cities basically that are trying to take advantage of the idea of remote work and okay. figure out how it can oh, I can help remember their city that. out. Like when so, COVID first hit, right? There were like some cities saying, hey, come and work exactly. here. Exactly. So yeah. Tulsa in particular is one of they cited and oh. they've done some actual research on this and, and have a you know some conclusions around it. So, right. so dozens of cities tried to you know institute incentives to lure remote workers amid the pandemic as many businesses shifted toward a remote working model. Mm-hmm. One of the most successful was a program in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> they have paid about two thousand remote workers each $10,000 to move to the city for one year. So that year is up, and apparently the program worked. Mm. So about 90% of the participants are staying in the area. There was a recent Harvard Business School study finding that participants even have higher real incomes than they did before the move. Meanwhile, every dollar invested in the program created $13 of local economic activity for Tulsa. Whoa. So, so 2,000 people took, 2, okay. people took advantage right. of this, where they paid them $10,000 to move into the city limits of yeah. Tulsa. Yeah. And basically said, hey, we're asking you to do this just for a year. year. And it was up to them. You know, the year's up if you want to go sure. elsewhere. Because, yeah. again, it's a remote work where it didn't matter where they live. Yep. But basically, Tulsa was trying to invest in, like, hey, come here, yep. enjoy what our city has to I, offer and the that. benefits. That all seems it does. about right. It, it yeah. makes sense. And I and I suspect more cities will probably try to do that as a way to lure folks in that yeah. are able to work remotely, you know, and, and yep. it, where it doesn't matter where they're living at. They mm-hmm. can still do their, their work. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, having a financial incentive behind it. And, again, 
as it the, obviously it paid off with the fact that like hey we've suddenly got two thousand new people families that are mm-hmm. living here that are contributing to taxes that are yeah. contributing to local economy. Well, right, that and are, that, so that stat makes sense. So it's, for the ten thousand they invested, they saw one dollar for thirteen, so one hundred and thirty thousand dollars exactly. worth of economic. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, right. I mean, why would I mean you, go you know for that you're buying growth. groceries, you're doing this, uh, yep. all that stuff is happening there. Ah, yeah, so a little bit interesting. I'm curious if you're going to see start seeing more of a trend of that kind of stuff. Now, granted, we're also in this mm. weird space now where. You know, the remote work thing is, you know, leveling back off. There's Mm -hmm. there's a lot more, you know, employers that are asking for hybrid. So there's not as many remote jobs. Although still from the last jobs report stuff I saw, like, you know, remote work is still in high demand. Oh, for sure. And, you know, there's still a lot of interest. There's just not as much being offered now as before. So do you think these digital nomads, you know, the people that are roaming the earth, (laughs) they can work anywhere and they're going to, and that's that's their mantra. They're never going to go to an office place before. I, I get it. So do they start leveraging that, and they're going to start going to these cities and municipalities and say, "Hey, you want me to live here? Wait, what you got for me? Yeah, what I don't you know. Got for I can see there yeah. being like start being like tax incentives that maybe get built into stuff like that. I can that, see a game starting here, like, yeah, and then they'll all start getting together. Oh, Tulsa, they're offering ten grand. No, no, right, no, no, no. Right. You're going to want to go to whatever Park City, Utah. I would. They're offering. I would think grand. eventually that will dry up, and it would be. It's more mm. of like a for now. Let's try to do it. But I think it will incentivize. Some cities, especially smaller cities and communities and places that are trying to bring in more, mm-hmm. you know, more folks in, you know, to mm-hmm. migrate in and to, and to live there. Mm-hmm. I think it will incentivize them to remodel the way their city thinks in order to attract, you know, folks from outside. And I, and I don't know, like I said, I think like I, I, it's something one of those kind of things I'm sure like travel and tourism and, you know, the desire to bring in, you know, outside workers or whatever without having to invest in bringing in brand new business necessarily mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. it's like i don't have to we don't have to build 10 new factories no to bring in more workers here we right. just need to make the place an attractive place for people to live right whether regardless of where they're well it's, it's obviously going to bring pull through restaurants and hardware right, stores right. and things like that right yeah, that if, yeah if nothing else i guess it would make potentially that city more attractive <laughs> for businesses than to set up shop yeah to you know, to manufacturing to, to, or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whether not necessarily to employ folks there, mm-hmm. but to give people there, so, you know, like something you know exciting, uh, make it an exciting place to live. Very so, interesting. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm trying to think of some other incentives. Like if I was in a podunk town <laughs> in the middle of Ohio, because I can't give you ten thousand dollars. Right. What yeah. can I offer you? Free ice cream? I, from the, I don't know. Maybe it's Chuck's ice maybe cream. Maybe it's now? free Wi-Fi. Free you know, Wi-Fi. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Free land or free something land, like yeah, that. to build on. Maybe mm-hmm. some kind of you know credit housing credit or whatever, yeah. transportation. Get a piece know. of America for all those that are renting in New York City, but they can be digital yeah. nomads. Yeah. You know, come get a, a slight. Interesting, interesting. Well, that segues very well, my friend, into my next, go. which is the migration. I, I stumbled across an article on uh, where Americans are moving, you know, and this migration that has been happening right. uh, over, uh, certainly since COVID. But um, they, of course, they did the Census Bureau or the survey here recently. So they have the statistics out there. And over the last couple years, uh, basically for, uh, kind of zeroing in on the pandemic, they looked at, at where people are choosing to go. Right. Florida topped the domestic net migration chart with an influx of 319,000 people choosing to call that state their new home in 2022 alone, right? So right. Like, they saw like a one, uh, one and a half, well, almost 2% uh, population increase. Texas is coming in at number two. Uh, they saw a lot of folks. And then as we've talked about, so where are they coming from? 
Well, that would be New York and California, uh, where those uh, both saw, on average, well, total coastal dwellers are saying 600,000 people left New York and California and dispersed into other areas. Uh, right. So kind of interesting. And that, then you get into the whole, well, why? Why are people moving, Right. And I don't know, what is your take here? I'll, I'll rattle I mean, off three. I would three. assume cost so of living jobs, is a big part of it, yeah. Well, when you look at it, so it's the sunshine, sunshine states that got all these, that's where people are moving to. I mean, if you look at the top yeah, yeah. Uh, the top scale of where these people are moving, um, it is. It's it's like the sun belt, right? Those are where, right. The, those are where all these people are going to. Um, so why is it? Well, maybe jobs. Right. Weather. Uh, different COVID policies is, is part of the argument here. Obviously, the you know the southern states right, didn't right. have the restrictions that we right. saw on the coast. Um, and then I don't know, is it politics? So what do you think? I'm sure. I, I mean, I, all that's well. In I mean, there, it's, right? it's it's pretty yeah. Because again, to your point, you look at New York and California and what they represent from like you said from the COVID standpoint, mm-hmm. a political standpoint, mm-hmm. cost of living types of jobs. Yep. And then Texas and Florida, for example, being two of the the biggest ones that that gained. Yep. Very again, op- polar opposites on all of those polar particular spectrum. Absolutely. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that probably had something to do with it. Some folks that were like, "Look, I don't want to be here. I don't like what I value and what what you know matters to me is you know is not what I'm experiencing here. Yeah. I'm going to go to these other states that you know yeah. give me that give yeah. me what I respect. So me. I'll rattle off the top ten: Florida, Texas. These are where people move to: Florida, right. Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Arizona, Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Say a lot of southern stuff there, and then yeah, randomly, and then Idaho. randomly yeah, Idaho. Yeah. And then people, where are people leaving? Uh, number one: California, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Louisiana is in there for yeah, some odd a, reason. A, yeah. That was an anomaly, right? Awful, Maryland yeah. uh, and then Pennsylvania. So very interesting. Now you got yeah. some data, right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of talk about oh, people are moving and you know New York City's dying right, right. and all these kinds. I'm of things. sure there are any number of think pieces <clears throat> and extra data you could dig into to to talk about that stuff that would be very interesting and illuminating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> There's, that's putting kind of a bow around the yeah, whole... Yeah. So it's going to be a four-day work week. They were moving to Florida <laughs> or Texas. To, and they're going to pay us a bunch of money. And they're going to pay us money to go down and get it. I love it. I love it. All right. So last one I got here is... And this is kind of cued on by the Netflix changing of thine policy. Yes. Are you a net, you're, of course you're a Netflix, I'm a Netflix guy. Teaser, yes, of Do course. you share your password? I don't. You don't? Um, I, like, I've well, got, Miles isn't at the stage yet where... Well, you know, I've got like... Because here's the thing. You can set up family profiles as it is. Like I have a profile for Miles and for my wife. Yes. That they can use wherever, That's they, right. wherever they are anyway. That's right. Now, we did at one point have a profile set up for my mother-in-law as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. to tap into our Netflix. That's right. But that has been closed off for some time, actually. Like well, there's I don't already, know. This is there a was profile, already some right? restrictions. They're on sniffing that. devices. Like, right. like I'm in the different boat than you are. I've got two kids that are out of the house. Right. Uh, and so, hey, what's the Netflix password? You know, I get the text. <laughs> right. And right. I send it to them. So now they can determine Netflix and, oh, where's your home? Right. So right. here's my home. Any other IP or whatever, they're going to shut that down. Yeah. And I think, did they do it already? Well, here's I the haven't thing. gotten they, a I don't think they, from, they haven't actually implemented this yet. Mm-hmm. But. What's interesting is after announcing this policy and having stuff on their website about it, they've mm-hmm. already taken down most of the language around <laughs> it. And I think a big part of it, I didn't really dove too far into this because, again, it's not something that's super relevant or matters to me at the yeah. moment. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I think a big part of this has been because a lot of people pointed out, like, look, there's a lot of people that travel. Yes. There's a lot of people that maybe have to live somewhere else yes. for periods of time. That's right. I know when I'm out traveling sometimes, I might yeah, tap into my Netflix. In. 
on a plane. They want you to do it at the, at the hotel, hotel, by the way. Right. Yeah, like it'll pull up. I'll and, watch your Netflix. And their suggestion now they've said like, hey, this isn't an issue because that's a device thing. Like as long as it's you know you can tap in, I think for up to thirty days at a time from another location. Oh, on the device. okay. All right. But some people point out like, well, what if that's not enough? Mm. You know, like basically like people are are putting a lot a lot of what if scenarios, what if scenarios? Yes. that they clearly have not necessarily yes. accounted for. Yeah. So it seems like they're sort of backpedaling a bit. Eh. Like I get why they wanted to do it because I know this article pointed out like they've lost they've what, lost nine point one billion. Yeah. In password shares is what they're estimating, right? Exactly. That's yeah. a lot of money, obviously. Well, to be I get it, that. but raise the fee. Just raise the fee. Which they have. I mean, they've been raising fees pretty consistently over the years. They've continued to do so pretty regularly. Most of the streamers have. You know, like, I know Disney raised theirs. HBO Max recently raised theirs. Mm -hmm. Most of these streamers are are raising their fees. Well, and so you look at the list here. So Netflix at the top, they think they've lost $9 billion. Disney Plus has lost $3 billion. Prime's lost $3 billion. And Disney's barely been around by comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, scratch on the surface of how long Netflix has been in business. Did you you get this other one, though? Here's the other pullout that rubbed me the wrong way the other way. So one survey from the last year suggests piracy may be something the industry has to deal with, right? Right. Uh, A little bit longer with nearly one in four people, one in four people, justifying piracy because they simply believe, quote, yeah. movies and music should be available to everyone for free. Yeah, this one was BS. Like, that's the, <laughs> like, I'm not, I've never been the piracy person. Like, no. I've just never been the person to do well, BitTorrent and all that life, crap, but, you know. Uh, like, but anyway, oh, yeah, see, Marco. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I just, it's never been my jam, you know. I've just never been someone that traveled in that particular Were you the guy in the movie theater, like, recording it? No, not, in not even the movie. <laughs> Did not not even you remember that Seinfeld yes, one? Yeah, <laughs> it was a great like, one. Not, it's never been my my particular jam, and I understand people do it, and I get obviously. Look, I'm with it. Pay the I, artists what they're doing, right? right? And, and no, I I'm also good. understand that like these streaming services and stuff are ridiculous. It's starting to get expensive. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you were someone who the whole idea is you cut the cable That's cord, right. and That's I right. did that myself years yep. ago. Yep. Yep. To focus on streaming services. But now services. I've got all these streaming services. Yeah, yeah, all the streaming services you have. Like I'm at the point now where I've got seven or eight different yeah, streaming. I'm services back to where I was. Yeah, and it's. Not quite, but roughly the same amount that I was getting paying. Dang you know, getting dang on close. Get, getting yeah. close to that. Yeah, yeah. And I get that that's a frustration. And I also understand from the streamer's point of view mm-hmm. where they're starting to you know lose money. Because a lot of them, I think, for a long time, the streaming companies, their whole goal was we just want subscribers. We want mm. as many subscribers as that's possible. Right. That's right. And I know like Disney that's in particular. That's monthly income. Right. Disney right. in particular really took note of this because they recently, if you heard, fired their their CEO, mm. um, Bob something or other, to bring back Bob Iger, right. who was their previous CEO from years ago. Yeah. They brought him back in, and a big part of what he's wanting to do is revamp the streaming side of their business. Mm. And as he points out, like, look, we've we've spending a ton of money mm-hmm. on all this high-quality streaming content, which mm-hmm. I'm grateful for. It's, yeah. it's been amazing stuff. We talk about it, yeah. But he's also noted, like, you know, what is that really getting us? If all we care about is subscribers, mm. what is that really getting us mm-hmm. at the end of the day mm-hmm. when we just have a certain number of subscribers we're pointing to? Mm-hmm. And instead, looking at, like, how are we actually... Because a lot of these streaming services aren't necessarily gaining revenue mm. off of their subscribers. Like mm-hmm. they, Just because you get you know a million new subscribers every year doesn't mean you're actually getting that much more money, money right. when you think about how much money you had to invest in order to get high-quality productions yeah, right, right. to draw people to, draw to them your in. service. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think, that's, I think that a lot of these streamers are going to start thinking about that. Plus, and we talked about this, I think, at some, I think we talked about this in our kind of year preview thing, mm-hmm. that Hollywood is starting to get a little bit of a reckoning about this, about how... 
performers and behind the scenes folks and writers That's and directors right. and producers yeah. how they get paid, paid. Mm-hmm. for stuff for content that goes to streaming or doesn't go to streaming. That's right. That's right. So I think you're kind of getting this huge clash here yeah. that's going to change this up in some way where you're I think couple things may happen. One is I think you might start seeing some consolidation uh-huh. where you're going to see like, you know, Netflix and HBO Max merge or something like that. You yep. know, you might start seeing some mergers. You're going to see some price points probably start going up, mm-hmm. package deals of some sort happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're going to find ourselves in a situation that might not make some people happy, but will at least maybe hopefully solve some of these problems. So, well, I, I think they're getting there, though. So I was listening to another podcast <clears throat> and I'm just now connecting the dots. Uh, so a song that was written, the number one song in 1979, My Sharona. Okay. So they, they talked about the economics behind that right, song. Right. Today, how much do you think the writers of My Sharona make on royalties for that Probably song next per to year? Nothing. It's not. Yeah. They make about $300,000 a year yeah. on that song. I, I think that's a lot of money. And the guy was like, no, we're, we're pretty good with, with the amount of money we're making <laughs> on a song we wrote. 20 whatever four right, years right. ago no 20 40 some odd years right, right. ago and and in you know they went through the whole economics of it and how they're getting paid and the royalties on the different levers that they can get and stuff like that so even you know a number one song like that it's still now it's been in a lot of movies and blah blah right, blah right. but i don't know i think they're getting there to to getting those folks paid but at the end of the road you know, it's the streaming services that you got to pay to get right. to make that. But happen. then you so get anyway. the folks, like I said, that clearly are sitting out there saying, "Like, I think everything should be free for well, everyone." Yeah, well, one in four how, apparently, how, and that's wrong. How do you? Why do you think anyone's yeah. get, wants to make some music or make <laughs> some art or make a TV show or a movie? <laughs> no, that that you there's don't have be, to pay for. Yeah, there's like, got to be economics. How do it. they get paid to do that work? Like, yeah. I mean. N- Otherwise, no. you're just gonna have street performers. Yeah, like, I do mean, you are you gonna do your job for free? Do you no, expect to get nothing no, in return, or expect no, or expect ludicrous. what you do to add up to nothing? Yeah, no. I'm with you. I cannot connect to that mind yeah, that frame. Like, oh no, it should all be all movies and music should be free. What? Yeah, that's uh, that that part's absurd. the last part of that article was interesting though because they 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 graphed out Google search for quote watch movies online for free right so that was the like right, the search right. and they they quantified the search volume apparently that phrase watch movies online for free peaked in 2010 when avatar was released which was the most pirated movie ever yeah yeah and, and then yeah, game then, of thrones like, i think was the most pirated tv show oh okay for a long time fair enough too yeah. fair enough yeah there you go yeah that so. stuff's it's interesting but and my thing with like the piracy thing too is usually like when you pirate stuff mm-hmm. you get much lower quality yeah, than right. you would get by actually watching not 4K, it dude. in a theater or on a, <laughs> yeah, on a streaming service or something. And that's where I kind of draw the line. I'm like, look, I don't want to watch something that looks like it was filmed with a camcorder, yeah. you know, a shaky yeah. camcorder. Yeah. Like, 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 no matter how bad I want to see yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Like, I'll it's save just, up my it's, bucks. Yeah, it's and not, I'll watch it's not it. worth it. And granted, right. I'm, you know, and I am speaking from a position of some privilege where I can afford to, you know, mm-hmm. pay for all these services and do this stuff. Maybe it's so. the hate. Is it the haters out there that hate like Hollywood? And oh, I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. necessarily. Anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. We, All I right. think we solved some problems I th- here. I think we did. <laughs> that's our that's our tech bites. Some hopefully you got some interesting tidbits and articles and things you can talk about. Like I said, as always, oh. check out the show notes. You can always find all the links to all this stuff Absolutely. we've talked about if you want to dive in and read a little deeper. But hey, if you've got some ideas about what we've talked about, yes. if you have your own feedback, if you yes. have your own commentary on it. Yes. Uh, if you or have your own you tech bites, tech bite, yeah. or I have a tech beef that I'm going to give oh, you on the flip side. Okay. Here. All right. Yeah. If you got some tech beefs to share, we need to do another tech beefs <laughs> episode. Uh-huh. There like. you go. 
Uh, although sometimes I feel like our bites evolve into beefs. beefs you know? yeah. so, That's, this is true. Uh, if you've got that kind of stuff, we need you to share it with us. We want to know whether it is leaving us a comment on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, letting us know what you thought about something there, whether it is reaching out and giving us suggestions through our link for topics. There's always a link in the show notes yep. where you can suggest topics to us. If there's a cool article you came across that you want us to dive into and discuss, yep. send it over to us. We're happy to hear about it. And just for doing it, we'll send you a, a T-shirt. There you go. Boom. You get a T-shirt just for sending quality, an idea to Just us. in time for spring and summer. Yeah, You're you good go. to go. Now, if you send us 10 ideas, we're not probably not going to send you 10 mm, T-shirts. Maybe no. we'll send you two. I don't know. Yeah. We got a few extra to spare, I suppose. Yeah, we so yeah, we need to refresh. There, so, you, go. there you go. Exactly. Uh, so don't hesitate to send that stuff into us. You can also always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod or email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, Dean, let's wrap things up here. We always do our value of the VAR segment. And yeah, I'm struggling with that yeah, one. Yeah, on I mean, one. is there any any of these stories, any relevant takeaways? I mean, I know we talked about technologies that are breakthroughs and uh-huh. you know, the the whole work week stuff. I guess there, you know, that, yeah. that's that could bring up some interesting conversations about how your work oh, week yeah, is right, set up. For or sure. Yeah. We know whether your folks are doing remote work, but yep, you know. Yep, yep, yep. No, I mean, to me, it's just the indicators, right? AI is still on the horizon. Yep, yep. I think we're starting to figure out hopefully where that's gonna play. People certainly have their opinions of it. Uh, work week is is just one of those things that's going to continue to be evolving. Yeah. Right. The, the whole chip that thing like. that might be very relevant to our industry. If, oh, for sure. If, if chip Risk manufacturing five, gets that much easier and no simpler, then it. you know we won't get caught with our proverbial yep. pants down. That's right. You know, as we did, you know, during yep. the pandemic, because yep. you know we couldn't get chips here. You know, yep. So. And faster, more open compute power, and the ability to enable a lot of these edge devices. Yes, there that is go. something there. Exactly. There you go. Huh. All right. Well, let's That's wrap up enough. with basically another tech bite, which is our West no, no, Tech no, Connecting no, I'm going beef, segment. I'm All going right. beef first, right, and then I'll go tech connecting with. Okay. Me. Let's let's hear. What's your tech beef? So, do you feel like you need an indoor drone to monitor I was your say house? No, already, but. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know An why indoor we, drone. Yes. So Ring has come out with, or they're launching soon. An indoor drone, like literally imagine, you know, it's it's a rectangular thing sitting on there and then a drone pops out of it. While you are out of your house, this drone will fly around and monitor your house for you. I mean, I I feel like don't we already have cameras, right? I mean, do we need a drone flying around? Yeah, I don't know about flying that. Flying around your house. If you were an intruder, I get, would that be enough to like, <laughs> yeah, oh, just, my God, I hear a drone. Saying, Clearly, they've got a ring drone. Keep an eye out for it. Figure out when it's looking away from you and smash it with a baseball bat. To me, this I is mean, one of those instances where maybe technology is going a little too far. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't right, know We got this. drones. That's fine. That's cool. I'm worried about the military drone thing like we talked about. But do I need yeah. one flying around my house? I don't know. I don't yeah, know, dude. So yeah. that's my beef. Again, I mean, you just you know, put a few cameras and sensors around. I mean, yeah. I've got the whole, yeah. you know, ring security system thing, and it's just right. it's sensors, it's door yeah. stuff. You got it. It's good. I got some cameras. You, you know, instantly yeah. wherever you are in the world, pull up your camera and yeah, say, yeah. I don't, I just oh, that's don't, my cat or yeah, exactly. whatever. I don't need to know what's happening in my bathroom at any particular point in the day. You know, yeah. You need this thing flying around. It's not yeah. like it's got. It's not armed. Yeah. You know, it's not going to shock people or anything like that. I mean, what is the mobility <laughs> bias here? I don't know. I'm, I'm really struggling. Yeah, the only know. thing it could do is get caught up in a ceiling fan. Yeah, no or, doubt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, you buy the technology. Come home to drone wreckage and it's every day. Crashed yeah. already. All right. Okay. I get that's a good beef. Yeah. I like that. So, do you think we live in a? Here's my tech. You know, connecting with me. Do you? Do we live in a corrupt society? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you think? Do you think America has gone corrupt? There's, there's. Let's put it this way. I don't know. What I'm going <laughs> to commit to. 
Like, we're just corrupt in general. I don't want your answer. There's a lot of corruption. Let's put it that way. All right. So there's there's Corruption Perception Index that came out that tickled my fancy. I thought this was pretty interesting. So it's not actual, you know, they're not trying to quantify corruption, but this is the perception of corruption. So what are the top-ranked least corrupt countries? And this makes a lot of sense. They're all in the Nordics. It's of Denmark, yeah. Finland. They're always at the top Norway. of the happiness scales, top exactly. of the health scales. Sweden, Switzerland, Netherlands. Germany is number nine. Ireland. So, you know, if you live in that part of the world, uh, although Singapore rank, ranked really high. They're, hmm. they're number five on least corrupt. Um, so you're good to go. I'll give you the U.S. We actually didn't fare too bad. We're 35. Five or 39? 30, 30-ish. Out of what, 170 Sorry, something? We're 24. We're 24 out of 180. 180. And, I, and I don't have the methodology. I know you're going to challenge me <laughs> on that. I don't have it. But we're, we're, we're 24, so we're, we're not a lot of corruption. The perception right. of not a lot right. of corruption. Right. Who's at the bottom? Somalia. Don't go to Somalia, dude. Wow, Syria, okay. Venezuela, yeah, of course, North Korea. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's pretty corrupt. Like, if yeah. you're not in with the family, you're, you're yeah. nothing yeah. there. Uh, Haiti, which is one that's really close uh. to us that is a worry for us because Haiti's, like, melting down right now. Yeah, yeah. And they got corruption issues. So uh, interesting, you know, you had a lot of Middle East where the culture is more, what I say, barter-oriented. Right, right. Uh, a lot of Latin America and, and Middle East are kind of down towards the bottom, meaning yeah. more corruption happening there. So... Anyway, uh, that was one that was connecting a little bit. Not not a huge soccer, but right, right. Hey, when I when I saw a list of corrupt countries, I'm like, hmm, I wonder where we fall. Because <laughs> everybody says we're corrupt. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not so much. Yeah. So what's that connecting with you, my friend? Uh, so if you're looking for a nice way to save your company a lot of money, okay, maybe start with your software licenses. Oh, really? So here's an interesting article from Tech Radar that basically ah. said that businesses are wasting millions on unused software licenses. This is probably uh, true. So this is a big new report. This is this was a very large report with a lot of data behind it? So mm. they surveyed six million customers, whoa, spanning nine industries across twelve regions. Uh, this is a company called NextThink that looked at over 30 popular software tools and just, and uncovered that 50% of all licenses are not being 50%. used. 50%. 50%. The cost for the unused licenses alone was said to be putting a $45 million drain on the companies every single month, which each year adds up to almost $537 million worth of wasted software. Mm. And they also pointed out that that was just with taking the most baseline cost of a license, mm. not including whatever like perks or extras the company might gotcha. have layered on top to, to, to make it cost each right. more each month. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at a base, at a bare minimum, companies are wasting a combined $45 million on software licenses. Um, they among the most commonly lapsed licenses were the likes of Tableau, Trello, <laughs> yep. the Notion app, Spotfire, and BlueJeans. Many of which I've not really heard wow. of. I've heard of most of those. So BlueJeans, I've heard of. Yeah. Tableau, of course. Um, Trello, I was familiar Trello? with. The Notion, oh. I'm familiar and with. Notion, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Trello, I've never heard of. Okay. Uh, so. so they noted that on the other end of the spectrum, Slack, Teams, Zoom, WebEx, Asana were mm-hmm. all actively utilized. Makes sense. Yeah. Suggesting for sure. that communications, video conferencing, work management platforms remain crucial to business operations. Yeah. So they also noted that a separate poll of 200 IT leaders found that only 5.5% of them claimed 
complete visibility into how many of their employees were actively using I believe that. licensed software. I believe that. Every, every like, you know, uh, whatever, within a company, every little branch or silo, yeah. yep. everybody yep. goes rogue yep. and buys little And I get it because there are times when I there will be a certain maybe, you know, software that I know we have mm-hmm. access to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I've never used that. Mm-hmm. And I assume that someone is. Mm-hmm. But I think if you get a little granular and start digging in and find out, like, no, no one's not actually using this thing. <laughs> or the one person that is, they could be using something else that yeah. is a lot, costs it was a lot. Two years ago, it's just recurring, yeah, right? It's just exactly. recurring billing. Yep. Somebody somewhere said, fine. Yep. It's like the golden dream is to get, if you're a software company, oh, yeah. just get yourself wiggled in there at yep. a low enough cost that it's off the radar and you just keep that check. Yeah, just keeps just coming keep in. There's, there's recurring <laughs> revenue goes wrong there. So little tip, yes. if you're looking to, you That's know, a good one. You know check and cut your bottom line a little bit and yes. you know, maybe cut back on some operational expenses. Yeah. You get your get your Maybe IT as a department. Reseller, Maybe do a nice you should leverage that. Hey, my my solution's a, a little point. bit too costly. Have you looked into your software licenses <laughs> lately? I think you can save some costs. There. Exactly. Yeah, yes. that's that's a good point. Like, hey, if, if you are, yeah, if you're talking to a customer, it's like I don't know how I can fit this in my budget. I got to wait. Maybe suggest them like, hey, have you done an audit of the yeah. stuff kill, that you kill are currently the notion, kill the, paying right? for? Yeah, yeah, kill, kill the tableau. Yeah. Save yourself some money. There you go. Good stuff, man. That's what's tech connecting with us or right. beefing with beefing, us yes, right now. Beef. Uh, hey, hopefully you got some useful information out of all of this. You got some good water cooler talk. Yes. yes. Uh, so until next time, um, you know, unplug and move somewhere that'll pay you ten grand to do it. <laughs> I'm in. Man, Let's it sounds go. like sounds like a good gig to me. I mean, you know, like look, here's the thing, Dean. I'll give you twenty percent of whatever some 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 city will give me if okay. you'll let me go move and be remote and work from there. Done. Does that sound like a plan? Sweet. Signed, sealed, delivered. All right. That is now caught on a podcast. It is, oh, but you it gotta, is recorded. You got to keep coming back to the studio, though, dude. All right, well, as long as you pay my flight expenses oh. and stuff, you know. <laughs> Oh, we I can, see. We can this make this a month. Mar- we can make this a once a month thing. Just cram like six pods in in one day or something. <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll do that. And as always, folks, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Enhance patient care everywhere that it matters. Patient mm. care would matter everywhere. Everywhere, right? right? Yeah. I mean, kind of. You got patients. You kind of want to care for them. <laughs> no matter where you matter are. No matter where they are. Yes, yes, yes. You are, they are. Whatever. Yes. Elo's got well, you covered? Elo, though. Yeah. Right. They, they, they offer touchscreen product solutions for various healthcare applications, from nurse stations and patient education to patient check-in and pharmacy check-out. Mm-hmm. Streamline healthcare administration and enhance the patient experience with Elo's versatile solutions. If you're looking to build a continuum of care, touchscreen technology is vital. Absolutely. Uh, among Elo's healthcare solutions are the M50 Android mobile computer, nice. the O3 series medical-grade monitors, yep. large-format signage, all-in-one touch computers, and much more. Front of house, back of house, they got you covered. Yeah, exactly. Even in the hand of the practitioner. Exactly. So, uh, whatever you need, they got, they got it. To learn more, visit Elo's microsite on bluestarinc.com or contact your Blue Star account manager. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. All right, Dean, the long-awaited potential of consistent and reliable RFID is here, mm. and it's within reach. Whoa! We've would you agree waiting. with that statement? I would. Okay. We've been waiting for a long time. So if you disagree, we might have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> because we're there. Zebra might have a beef with you. Well, you were going to prove me wrong anyway. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you so can tell le- me how we're right. Well, you can leverage Zebra's decades of expertise, design thinking, and software development to help your customers achieve maximum RAIN RFID efficiency while minimizing the pains of multi 
Vendor Solutions. Now, unlike other players, Zebra gives you the industry's broadest field-proven RFID portfolio for unmatched accuracy and interoperability. Mm -hmm. Connect it all and create a platform that elevates every system, device, tag, and worker. Now, with Zebra, you're powered by a brand that customers already know. Absolutely. I mean, in RFID, gold. I was at, uh, I was picking up groceries the other Mm -hmm. day. A guy Mm -hmm. loaded me up in the back of my car, saw the Zebra umbrella that I've got back there. He's like, is that the same company that makes this little handheld Ah. thing I've got? I'm like, yes, sir. That's that's them. Uh, A team of Zebra experts accelerates your sales process. There to help you earn your customer's business at every stage. Zebra RFID is ready to help you open doors and close sales. To learn more about Zebra's line of RFID readers and printers, visit the link in the show notes or contact the Zebra team at Bluestar. 